Hi, and welcome to our broadcast. We are glad that you're tuning in. Um, today we're going to be speaking about the power of God's Word. And, you know, we want you to share and like and uh, subscribe if you're on, watching this on YouTube. We're not, a, we're not asking you to, to get involved in this for, just for our benefit, but we want to get the Word of God out to as many people as we can. An encouragement word, a word of, that will give people hope and strength. And the, more, the way the algorithms work with these uh, social media uh, sites is that the more you get involved and the more it gets put out there. So if you could help us do that, you're helping us to do the part to share God's Word and get God's Word out there. Uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 starting out. Um, before, we, uh, before we start, let me just open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. For stirring us up, Lord, speaking to us through your word, letting your word speak to us and guide us through this life. Lord, we thank you for opening up our eyes, our spiritual eyes to see, our, our understanding to, to recognize what your word says and what your plans are, what your purpose is in this earth. And Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for giving us revelation and wisdom and insight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy for overshadowing us, to uh, encouraging us. And Lord God, that whatever we face, that we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that we will overcome whatever we face by believing and putting our faith and trust in you. So Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord God, for inspiring us through your word in Jesus' name. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, uh, the Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy and, he, and he's uh, encouraging him uh, about staying the course and not giving up and not fainting. And he says to Timothy, he says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering that I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Thank God the Lord will rescue us from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Now let me read this to you in the uh, Amplified Translation 17, 2 Timothy 3, 3, 7, no, sorry, 16. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration and profitable for instruction for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, 
in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. And that is our whole goal. This is what we're after. We're after God's will, His purpose, in, in, through our actions to be obedient to God's word. Now, first of all, in order for you to understand or realize the, the, or to accept the power of God's word, you've got to believe that God is true. You've got to believe that God is. You've got to believe that He exists. The Bible says that anybody that comes to God must believe that He is, that He exists, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. A lot of people take the, uh, the Bible and they think that the Bible is, is just written by men. Right here, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, listen, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's been inspired by God. Yes, man wrote it down, but it was the Spirit of God that spoke to man to write these things so that it would be written down for future generations to come. In Psalms 119 uh, and 105, it says that your word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Now, the, the word of God, a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, a lot of people want, uh, you know, we want the answer to, to everything that we're going to be going through in our future. We want it all laid out for us. But the Bible declares that God's word is a lamp. When you carry a lamp in your hand and it's dark outside, it will light your path just a, a, so many feet. And as you walk, as you obey, as you do what God's Word says, as you follow Him, if God gives you an instruction, He's not going to give you all everything you need to know of how it's going to work, what you're going to come into, what trouble you're going to run into and what to do and, and lay it all out for you. He just says, trust me and follow me. So when God inspires you or speaks to your heart to do something, when you step out, the light is shining. And as you begin to walk, the light goes with you. It lights your path as you're walking, not when you're standing still. If you're trying to get an answer from the Lord and you're not hearing things, you need to be obedient to His Word because the, as you're obedient and you begin to walk it out in your life, then the light is going to go with you and before you to light your path as you walk, as you're in obedience, as you do what God says. If God's telling you to help a neighbor and you just sit there and go, well, Lord, when you show me all the details and when you show me exactly how it's going to work out or how they're going to respond, then I'll do it. Well, you're not going to get anything else and, and you're not being obedient to His Word. But And you may, you may think, well, Lord, if you show me, you know, if I know why you're doing it or how it's going to work out... You won't know all those answers until you actually take the steps. And when you begin to step out on God's Word, you begin to act on God's Word, you be a doer of God's Word, then as you walk, you will begin to see things to light up. You'll begin to see why things are the way they are, why, they, why God had you do that. But He's not going to show you everything until you take the step of faith and begin to walk and be obedient. In John uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 63, Jesus is telling uh, the people that he's uh, teaching and speaking to, My words, they are spirit and they are life. God's word is spirit and life. It's powerful. It's not just words on, on pages 
written by somebody who just had some kind of idea. This is the Spirit of God uh, being breathed into the heart of man. And as they begin to write these things, God, is, God knew that we needed these words today. Let me tell you something. Uh, in John 8, 32, it says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is truth? Truth is something that does not change. If it changes, then it was not truth. You may have thought it was right. You may have uh, thought everything was right about it. But if it's not the same as it was, if it's not, uh, if you can't stand by it this year as you did years before, and it changed, it was not truth. I used to believe a lot of things when I was uh, growing up, when I was a young person. I believed that things were a certain way. I used to think, and not that, not that the church that I grew up in necessarily taught this, but this is what I perceived. And somehow, I, because I, was, uh, I didn't want to ever mess up, I didn't want to do the wrong thing, if someone talked about sin or doing something wrong, or uh, you know, a lot of things were talking about being immodest, and I do believe you should be modest. I don't, I don't think you should go out showing everybody everything that you got underneath, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's for, that's for privacy. That is for a husband and a wife. That is not for everybody to see. Everybody don't need to know all, every little thing that you got going on. So uh, when I was in school, I remember thinking that, you know, they, were t- they talked about being immodest, and immodesty was sin. There's a lot of things that we do that are sin. I mean, we all do things that are absolutely wrong. But that's where God's goodness and grace and His mercy comes in. That's where the blood of Jesus that that covers us because we're all going to mess up. We are going to sin. But when we do sin, that doesn't kick us out of the kingdom. It doesn't kick us out of salvation. It doesn't kick us out of a relationship with God. It God's Christ's blood covers us because He knew we were going to fail. We, he knew we were going to mess up. It's just like our children. When my children mess up and they fail or they, they do something wrong, they disobey me, they are, not, they are, uh, they are uh, not outside of a relationship with me. They are not no longer my child be- until they come to me and make it right. They're still my child. we got to work some things out. But, you know, the the... The covering of that sin was how God knew that there's no way we were going to make it. There's no way we were going to make it if He didn't cover us until the time that we are, are in heaven. So He made a way to protect us and cover us so that if we sin, when we fail, for one, we have a heaven, uh, an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, someone that is always working on our behalf. And when I was, uh, back to my story, when I was uh, a, a young child in uh, elementary school, I'd see everybody dressing out and wearing shorts and, and uh, things that, that uh, in my opinion, or what I believed, was immodest, and it was showing too much skin. And I thought, you know, these people are all going to hell because they're, they're wearing shorts. You know, this was misconception on my part because I was seeing... I was seeing sin, but I wasn't seeing God's grace. I wasn't seeing God's mercy. I wasn't seeing the love that God had for people. All I was seeing was, oh, they're doing something wrong. Or, oh, they're doing, oh, that person over here is doing something wrong. Oh, look at that person. That's... All I did was look and see when someone was messing up or when they were failing. But I didn't see the power of the Word of God and His grace and His mercy and the power of what Jesus Christ did for us. So, so 
that belief, what I thought was truth, today I don't believe that you're going to hell because you wear a pair of shorts. I believe more in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ through salvation than I do in that if someone wears something that's a little skimpy, then they're going to hell. Let me tell you something. Your salvation better be built on a better foundation than that. So that truth that I thought was true when I was younger, it, it's not truth because you know I know according to God's Word and who He is, the more that I know Him, that that is not how God judges people. He's not going to send you to hell because you wear something that's, that's immodest. God will deal with you and He'll work with you. Of course He wants us to, to, to not uh, do things that's going to cause um, you know, somebody to look at us in the wrong way. Or, you know, we should do everything we should do. We should be considerate as much as we can. But you know what? If we fail, if we mess up, if we're doing, then God's going to let God deal with us and let Him work that out with us. Um, anyway, that was a little side note. Uh, but truth never changes. So if you think something was the truth and it, it changed, let me tell you, it was not the truth. And God, you have to know that God's Word is truth. It doesn't change. This book hasn't been rewritten and rewritten, even though there are different versions. And I really like to read different versions because it brings out uh, words that, that, you know, the words that we don't speak King James. We don't speak like that. So sometimes when you're reading it, it, it's like, well, what does that mean? If I say, uh, if I were to tell you to go and take your luggage and put it in the boot, you like, what? What are you saying? Well, that's because in Europe or over in England, they call the trunk of the car the boot. Well, we don't talk like that here. So when I read a different translation, then it helps me to understand God's word of what he's what he's saying. And they're not taking away from God's Word, but they're explaining. Just like when someone teaches, just like when I teach the Word of God, I'll bring it out in my own uh, translation, my own words, to try to break it down and say, this is what God is saying, this, or give a different analogy. Uh, in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the Word of God is powerful. Let me just read that to you. Let me uh, quote it right. The Word of God, Hebrews 4.12 Hebrews 4.12, For the word that God speaks is alive. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now God is saying His word is powerful like a two-edged sword, dividing spirit and soul, being able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in your mind. But the Word of God will bring out what is truth and what is really on the inside of you. And one analogy I would like to use is a two-edged sword. The Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, different people have different... Ow, ooh, no, I'm just kidding. It really the... Uh, it's not that sharp. It's kind of dull. The, uh, but God's Word is very sharp. The uh, one, one person I heard said it's double-edged or a two-edged sword because one side will cut you, the other side will cut the devil. Because the Word of God will reveal to you. It cuts. It hurts whenever we see ourselves and we see, hey, we, you know, I'm not living according to God's Word. Or, oh, man, I need to come up higher. I need to, I need to, uh, I need to trust God more. I need to get unbelief out of my life. I need, these are things that I'm doing that's wrong. So it 
cuts me. It shows, it's like, oh, wait a minute. But at the same time, the power of God's word that no weapon formed against me will prosper. No thing will come near me. No deadly thing will hurt me. If I drink any deadly poison or, or anything, it will not hurt me because the God's word declares that if we put our faith and trust in God, we can believe who He is, what He said, and that whatever we need, we can find in God. And so if I put my faith and trust in God and I come against the devil, devil, you're a liar. You're not going to take my family. You're not going to steal my children. You're not going to take me out with sickness and disease. Jesus bore the stripes on His back for me, so I will stand upon His word that whatever I need, I'll receive from God's word. So a two-edged sword, one man said that. Uh, it, one side cuts you, the other side cuts the devil. Uh, somebody else uh, says that a two-edged sword is a double-edged, like that it's sharpened doubly, sharpened twice. It's very, it's so sharp. It's it is able to to pierce through whatever uh, it needs to pierce through. That it's it's that sharp. Okay, you can use both analogies. The Webster Dictionary. Let me pull this up to you. The Webster Dictionary says that a the definition of a double-edged sword is something that has or can have both favorable or unfavorable consequences. For example, trying something new could be a double-edged sword. So it could have two consequences. A double-edged sword could either protect you or it could kill you. When we stand on God's Word, we are using this sword as protection we stand on God's Word, a two-edged sword that is able to discern what is going on on the inside of me, but it can also declare to me that I am not on God's side. So when we read God's Word, we find out where we really stand. Let me tell you something. You can't change God's Word. God's Word doesn't change to fit our uh, you know, philosophy or theology. We have to change to what God's Word says. If God's Word says it, even if I don't like it, if I think, oh, that's a little bit tough, that's a little bit hard, hey, this is God speaking to me. And if I don't believe that, then I can't take the rest of God's Word. I can't pick and choose out of here what I want and what I don't want. I have to, I have to rightly uh, discern it and, to, and divide it and try to understand what God's Word says. I can misinterpret it, but I can't Go in there and pick out and, and take part of it. If I do, I have to throw it all out. So I've got I've to take His Word and say, this Word is what God said, and God created this. In, in the, uh, you, you have an Old Testament and you have a New Testament. God didn't do away with the Old Testament. He completed it. He fulfilled it. But you can't, you don't take the, there, there, is, there is a change because Jesus came when truth came, then it's, it's solidified and gave us the hope that we didn't have. But you can't take uh, God's word and just throw it all out because, well, it was the Old Testament. No, you've got you've to rightly discern what it was talking about and who it was talking to. At that moment in time, there was a diff they didn't have the covenant with Jesus Christ. So you say, okay, that's, that was, it was still true. It didn't change, but Jesus fulfilled the promises of that word. So in, and in Romans 10, 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will make you free. 
You can know that the Bible is true, but if you do not know what is in this Bible, if you don't know what is written, what Jesus said, if you don't know what God's Word says, then you cannot be set free because you're not hearing the truth. So you can, you can know about it, but you've got to know what the truth is. God's Word is truth, and that's why that, that it's important for us to, to spend time, quality time, seeking out, finding God's Word, finding what He says about us, so that we can stand and believe whenever the troubled times come, we know what God's Word says. We, just like the, the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy, hey, you've been taught the truth. You've been taught what is right. And you stand on what you know is the truth. And you don't back up from it. Whatever's going on in your life, when you know that it's the truth, you don't back up no matter who's coming after you. You don't back up no matter what is happening to you. You stand firm on your faith. Listen, uh, I would give my life for, for the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, if they declared to me today that if you believe or, or serve the Lord God and believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, if that is your stance and that is what you believe, then we are going to cut your head off. I would give my life in a minute. I would not deny Jesus Christ for the sake of saving my own life. I believe it that strongly. I don't care what anybody says. They could say, you deny it. You deny that, that this book is, is real. You deny that God is real. You deny that Jesus Christ came. It was all made up. It was a story that he rose from the dead. It wasn't true. You deny it or you're dead. I would say you can take it right now, but you'll never get me to deny or to say that I don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that I don't believe that God raised him from the dead, that he died on the cross for my sins. You'll never get me to to say that. I would give my life for that. I would give my life to, to stand firmly on that truth, on that promise. And you have to be that con convinced and have that much conviction of who God is, what His Word says, to be able to stand so that whenever something comes your way and tries to shake you off your faith, that you say, absolutely not. God is my source and God is going to work this out. God is working for me. I have the promise of His Word. I'm not backing off of it. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting and I'm not going to faint. So taking God's Word... Uh, and, th and believe me, this is, this is just a little touch on the power of God's Word. You can, this is by no means an exhaustive uh, study or teaching on this. There's so much more to, to learn of God's Word and get on the inside of you of who He is and the firm foundation and what God's Word means. But little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, keep building yourself Keep building your faith on God's Word. Keep listening. Keep hearing. Find Bible teachers. Get God's Word. Find books. If, hunger and thirst after God. If you hunger and thirst after Him, the Bible declares they that hunger and thirst after Him will be filled. You hunger and thirst after God, and I promise you that longing that you have on the inside is going to be filled up. It's not going to be filled up by anything else. It can't be filled up by entertainment, by movies or television. Or you're, If you have an emptiness on the inside of you, it's because that there is a space in you that only God can fill. There is a space on the inside of you that God, only Himself, the Spirit of God can fill that space. And that is the longing, the emptiness on the inside. And that can be filled right now in the name of Jesus by making, giving, uh, starting a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So whatever's going on in your life, if 
you're a believer and you're, you're uh, trying to stand on God's word, trying to, to believe for a promise, trying to believe there's something in your life, you stand on what God has shown you and don't you back up no matter what anybody says. No matter what uh, report you hear, you stand and trust and believe that God is working for you and He is not going to quit. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or you think that, you know what, I'm, I don't even know if God would even have anything to do with me. First of all, that's not true. God loves you. He loves you more than you will ever know. And so if, you're, if you don't know Him, then right now, just stop where you are and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And if you're wondering if He's even real, if you say, Lord, I don't know if you're real, but if you are real, I give you my life. And I'm asking you to, to show yourself to me. Show me who you are, and I'll follow you wherever you lead me, wherever you ask me to go. If you invite God into your life by believing on His Son, the one that He sent, I promise you, your life will never be the same. You just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of, of all of the wrong and all of the, the yuck that's been in my life. I just want to be, I want to feel good when I wake up in the morning. I want a new life. I want to, be, I want to feel clean. I don't want to feel just the weight that's on me and all of this emptiness on the inside that I, I keep trying to fill with everything else. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior and take this emptiness away and fill it up with you in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. I pray that if you, uh, you said that prayer, keep, your, keep talking to God. Don't ever turn away. From, don't run from Him just because you fa fail or mess up. Keep running right back to Him. Start a relationship with God. Keep the relationship and watch God move in your life. Amen.